Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked in the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. A quick content warning. In this episode, we talk about toxic diet culture. Please be advised that topics may include mentions of weight loss and gain, examples of fat bias, and discussions on disordered and restrictive eating. Please use your own discretion if any of these are difficult or triggering topics for you. Thank you. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros, a little bit of housekeeping before we get into this episode. I hope you are enjoying the bonus episodes so far. I think there's only been one, but there are more to come. Uh, and thank you to everybody who has reached out and commented on them. You guys really liked the Brownie Wise story, and I'm so excited to bring you more of that sort of MLM history and talk about different people from MLM's past and uh, connect a couple dots, right? I think it's kind of fun. So I will say that um, these episodes this month are just going to get progressively darker and darker, and there will be content warnings on every episode to let you know what will be coming up. Um, But I think it's really important to let you guys know that really all of them, probably this month and next month, are going to be a little heavier than usual. We've got all of our terrifying horror stories And then next month, we're diving right into cult education. So it gets pretty heavy. um, But I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm going to do my best to keep those content warnings up and to um, be a little bit more specific at the beginning of each episode. So if it is something that you um, maybe aren't ready to listen to, then you can either skip ahead when we hit that part or you can come back to it later when you are ready. So in the themes of content warnings, I do want to let you guys know that this episode is pretty heavy. Um, We do share some actual audio from a woman who um, sort of harassed and messaged our guest for for years on end. And um, so there's not only that sort of trigger of crossing boundaries and sort of harassing people, but we also talk about toxic diet culture, eating disorders, uh, disordered eating, specifically binge disorders, and fat phobia. So again, those are the very specific content warnings in this episode, and I hope that helps for anyone who is triggered by that. And then lastly, I want to say thank you to all of our new Patreon members. We have Danielle Bolster, 
Kristen Kindly, Julie Bishop Craig, and Ashley. Thank you guys so very much for joining the Patreon. Uh, we have two tiers, five and ten dollars. You get the episodes early, ad free. And then, you know, there's a little bonus stuff in there. There's a couple little funny jokes I might cut out for the regular stuff. If you're like a, a super fan and you like all my dorky jokes, then maybe the Patreon is something that you might want to join. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Lots of stuff coming up, not only this year on the Patreon, but more focus next year as well. So I really do appreciate everybody who has joined and is sticking with me while I'm figuring everything out. You know me jump and then look for water and hope for the best. Uh, (laughs) So thank you guys so much. This podcast would be nothing without you. So keep those amazing stories coming in. Keep those great emails coming in. You guys really help me shape the future of this show uh, and the content that we want to talk about and the things that we want to dive into. So you are a bigger part of the show than you even think. And I just wanted to say thanks. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today is going to be a bit of a heavy topic. Um, We are going to be talking about eating disorders, toxic diet culture, and how MLM is all-encompassing and all of that. So um, just a secondary warning again to let you guys know that that's what we are talking about. And if that is triggering, please use discretion or skip this entirely. But other than that, I would love to welcome to the show our guest, Ella Kruczynska. Welcome to the show, Ella. Thank you, Roberta. And you nailed my last name. For listeners, it is many consonants in a row. So looking (laughs) at it, it is very difficult to pronounce. It's really nice to, to speak with you. Thank you. It's wonderful to have you. I am so excited. Um, I, I hate to say excited to talk about this topic because it is so heavy and deep, but there is a level of excitement because it's something we need to talk about. We focused a lot on the first half of the year on toxic diet culture and sort of breaking these stigmas. And so I love that I'm still getting emails from people saying, yes, this episode really connected with me. I wanted to reach out because I have a story that I think you need to have on the show. And that's exactly what happened with you. And I would love to talk about this because I get countless comments about exactly what we're going to talk about today. Let's start with your story. You were never in an MLM, but MLM came in and sort of really wrecked quite a bit of havoc in your life. So start at the beginning and, and let's go. So I started a really public health journey. And I want to say this ahead of time where um, a lot of this started with like a public weight loss Instagram. And where I am today, I'm someone who has an eating disorder. I have a binge eating disorder. And I started the discovery of that disorder with like trying to lose weight. And where I am today is a um, weight does not actually have an impact on your health and recovering from a food disorder is different than um, trying to change what your body looks like. So I want to say that off the bat, because when I start this conversation, I fully participated in toxic diet culture. Like I was a toxic weight loss person. I lost weight in completely unhealthy ways. I want to preface by saying there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for this story. So in 2017, like I said, I started a very public weight loss journey, and I was a person who grew up in a very large body and was told my entire life that this was going to kill me and that it was disgusting and it was unattractive and 
I had tried my very best to just like ignore those voices, but it's impossible that like fat shaming and fat phobia is very prevalent today. And to be a fat person combating it feels completely different than today and like a straight sized body. So inspired by years of abuse and bullying, I decided to start this public weight loss page. When I started Roberta, like I said, I had no idea what to do. I was so just scared and sad and desperate to get out of my body and for any advice on how to do this. I knew that I had a problem with food. I knew that I couldn't stop eating. I knew that I didn't have any control over food, but I thought that was because I was fat. I thought that fat people, all fat people, just had this problem that I had. And if I could only lose weight, then I would resolve these eating problems that I had. Goal number one was get as skinny as I possibly could as fast as I could. When I first joined, I made an Instagram page and I started following all other people who had weight loss pages. I kind of wanted to build a community and have support and talk to other people who were going through this. I realized instantly like the toxic positivity and hated it. I was like, I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to talk about how this is scary. I'm going to talk about how this is sad. I'm going to talk about honestly how food controls me and honestly how it feels to give in to urges, that the journey looks like a roller coaster and I can be sad on certain days and I can be feel this different way. So I think right away, I got a lot of like attraction to my page for having this different kind of outlook on it. I started through... I would call my own horrible weight loss tactic where I was making similar to what MLMs do like shakes and smoothies and doing lots of meal replacements with shakes and smoothies had a very open fear of food and a very open fear of fat. But I was talking like this was healthy of like, I'm eating real healthy food now. And like all of these trans fats and right, all those keywords, which just tell you that I was afraid of food and afraid of my own body. I, for the first time in my life, was able to successfully restrict, right? And a binge eating disorder, you don't actually have to restrict food in order to go through the cycle. The cycle is essentially, and it doesn't start or end anywhere, right? You restrict food, which throws your body off, and then you binge to make up for that restriction. And then you feel shame about that binge, and then you restrict again. And you go in that circle. Growing up, I had a restriction mindset. So I wanted to restrict and I craved it. And even just the act of like trying to restrict would cause that binging and then cause that shame. Instantly takes me back there hearing you say that and being like, oh my God, yes. Like I, I did it too. Mm -hmm. As if it was normal. As if it was healthy, right? As if it was healthy, because it actually is normal. Everyone I talk to brags about restricting food. I'm the one who's like, that's weird, you know? Yeah, because <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, I say normal, but unfortunately, the restriction, which is an odd thing and normalized mm-hmm. through media and the way that we talk to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, and, and I will say with an eating disorder, I did have a control problem. I didn't have control over food, but it wasn't a lack of willpower. It's a mental disorder. It's a coping mechanism. It's something I had coped with my entire life. And when I craved food, I was craving the comfort of getting rid of anxiety, 
really early on when I was, you know, restricting, I would literally do things like sit on my bed on my hands and just watch TV until my brain forgot about it because my heart would be racing. I would be incredibly anxious. I would pace around because I was like an addict. Like this is how I coped. And I was untraining myself from this coping mechanism. Wow. For the first time in my life, uh, very successful at actual restriction. And I say successful because like, not like it was positive, but it was successful. And I lost a lot of weight really fast, which made my page very popular. I think at the height, and this happened like 2017 to 2018, which is the height of the Hey Hun messages. So that's what we'll get into it. I think at the height, my page had about 8,000 followers, which like I was, was really cool. I only had like my 300 family and friends. So that was like a big deal for me. As soon as I gained just like a little bit of notoriety is when the Huns would go crazy on me. And it was complicated because I would get this mixture of people who would also reach out to me because they wanted help from me because they saw this success and they saw this authentic way that I spoke about this journey that I was going on. People would say that they were really proud of me and people would reach out and say, like, you're so inspiring and you've done so much. And would you give me some advice? And I would. I I found so much meaning in helping other people get here because I had spent my entire life believing that I was just doomed to be a quote unquote unhealthy person. And I was unhealthy, but not because of my weight, because of my eating disorder. And that like my goal was to just help anyone, right? I didn't, I was completely ready to answer any messages. And so at first, when I started getting all these Hun messages, they were in conjunction with all of these other ones and they all felt really good. I felt inspiring. And I felt like I was making a difference and I was seeing results. So in my head, like I was the giant success story that I was trying to be. You were a juicy red, ripe strawberry sitting on the vine, just waiting to be picked by these huns and their messages, because they're these canned copy paste responses of like, make sure you compliment them. Make sure you tell them something like they so easily blend in with legitimate messages that you're missing so many of them. And I think that's a testament to how sleek the MLM hun marketing can be when it Mm -hmm. shows up in your messages, because you don't immediately think like this person's trying to scam me or like, Oh my God, you're so sweet. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I would do it to people too. Like that was the community I wanted to be in was people who were uplifting each other and supporting each other. And I want to mention this too, Roberta, and I won't say names here, but I followed a lot of the very famous weight loss people who had just gone through these huge transformations and they would get sponsorships, right? And so I understood that if you were very successful, that people might reach out to you and want to quote unquote sponsor you. So again, I was this prime strawberry practically falling off of the vine, ready to be eaten. So I would say I was like six months into my journey and that's when you, I had like really successful transformation pictures and that is when Huns attacked. And I wrote this in my email for you, but I would get five or six messages a day, every day. And it was this combo of authentic people reaching out and Hey Huns. And they were really good because they wouldn't pitch me until about a week and a half or two weeks in talking to them. And 
when they did, it was because I was so vulnerable on my page, they would use these words against me, right? Of like, hey, I just read your last post about how hard it is for you to control food and how difficult this process has been for you. And let me tell you, this Shakeology has changed my life. And me being someone who yeah, I was losing weight, but I wasn't confident. I didn't think I was doing this and I was still binging, right? I could restrict a lot, but then I would spend all night awake binging. I would talk about that on my page. So to have people who told me that they were experts offer these things to me, I thought they were genuinely trying to be helpful. I thought that they were genuinely trying to suggest things to me. And it wasn't until there was a consistent pattern and consistent products that came up that I started to pick up on these flags that like, this could be a thing. Like, what is this thing that was going on? Wow. So it's almost like their Hunbot behavior of the same repetitive red flags, phrases, products, hey, hun messages that you were like, wait a second, are, are these like robots? Is like, is this a thing? Like, what is going on? Well, there's also that part of me that's like, wow, a lot of people use this. It must be really successful. That's the other side of that <laughs> coin, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh no! If you're someone like me who's assuming good intentions, you're assuming good intentions. So I never officially joined one, mostly because I was in college and I couldn't afford it. And I, you know, the idea that I would take out a credit card or something like that, like uh, I was just like, no, I'm do I'm successful on my own. Look, I have these shakes and my shakes use real fruits and vegetables and yours are a powder. My first real interaction where I bought an MLM product was a Modere product. And I had this friend and we had been friends very long in this process. And she joined her MLM after we had become friends. And she was telling me, oh my God, this is working so well for me. Oh my God, this is so successful. And I had gotten to this point that people call plateauing right? When your weight isn't changing. And let me say right now, my current weight is my plateau wherever I was in that time. And once I've started recovering in a different way, I've come back to this happy, healthy version of myself. But at the time I had this number in my head that I needed to get to. So like that, the fact that I had landed in this space made me very uncomfortable. And she gave me the body blaster, right? The like spoonful of sugar that you eat every day. <laughs> That will magically make your fat disappear. The MLM putting on a spoon. It's so slimy and gross. Actually, it is slimy and gross when you put it in your mouth. And so I, you know, I coughed up the 200, $200 for probably like a month, maybe of servings. Roberta, I was so scared of being fat. I was so scared of being mistreated. I had spent my entire life with this giant insecurity. I used to call my weight my biggest tackle, my biggest fear. And so this idea that I wasn't going to reach my goal, I would spend all night talking to myself about it. I was journaling about it. I was openly saying how afraid I was of this, that like I came to this very desperate mindset. And the first night that I used the body blaster, my friend took a bunch of my pictures and started posting them on her page being like, look at the success that she's seeing. She's taking the body blaster. You should buy my product. And um... I, I was so upset. I was like, Hey, 
um, the body blaster did not cause this. Like I did and my work did and my, my hyper restriction that's unhealthy, but I don't know at this time is the thing that is making me successful. And she was really apologetic, but at the same time, she was like, yeah, but you're such a product of the product. But you're not. (laughs) I She didn't understand what that phrase meant. It had just been said to her, like product of the product just meant like you're skinny now. So you're a great advertisement for this product. And it kind of, yeah. Wow. I mean, that that's another excellent point. And another side of, of the coin that we don't think about. She apologized, but it was just so weird to me. And it kind of started this pattern where people would steal my photos. Lots of hunts. Like Roberta, this happened like more times than I have counted, maybe 15 total, where Huns who I had spoken to um, and maybe given advice to, like, like advice like, you know, if you work out just once a week, you're forming the habit, things like that, would take my photos and like, talk about their own weight loss and be like, this is my friend. Also here is my, my, my MLM that I'm selling to the point where like my followers would report people to me being like, Hey, I saw that this girl was using your pictures and I would reach out to people. And in one instance, people would either not respond, apologize. And in one instance, I reached out to someone. I said like, you did not ask permission to use or show my body. I've never used your product before. And she messaged back, well, it's Instagram, so it's public property. No, especially no. not in the way she's using it at all, because she's no. taking your photos and saying, this person used my product that I'm selling. And these are the results of that. She's a product of the product. So I would say during the toxic weight loss phase, I really played into the Huns because I I got them. I was like, I don't want to judge the other way that people are going on this journey. For me, it's been a lot of ups and downs. I'm literally a person walking through darkness. So I'm not going to judge that these other people are using these products. And it wasn't until, so what had happened is I reached my goal weight. I was the most unhealthy I've ever been in my life. I was simply not eating all day long. And then nighttime would come and I would binge so hard. I would blackout, like sincerely blackout. I have, I think one of my lowest of low moments was like waking up in a kitchen and to highlight Roberta, like this is a eating disorder. Like this is a mental disorder, which needed mental treatment. But the way that I watched this like network of Huns that I had talk about it, Like it wasn't, it was just the struggle of weight loss. And so once I'd reached this goal weight and I still had no control over food, I kind of Googled my symptoms. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me that I like can't have this control. And I read what a binge eating disorder was. And I was like, oh, oh, that's what's wrong with me. Like that is what's wrong with me. That eating disorder is the problem. And it completely shifted the way that I started healing myself, the way that I started talking about myself, where the new goal was a normal relationship with food. I want to get to a space where I stop thinking about it, where I'm not thinking about being the healthiest I could possibly be, where I'm not thinking about how much I'm eating, where I'm not counting calories. I simply just want to eat. And my hun friends didn't get it. They didn't get it. And so these conversations 
really changed. And again, I'm growing followers. I'm getting more popular. And that's when these messages, and I'm going to pull up my notes from what I sent you, just got like more and more toxic and more and more specifically tailored to me. I would post things about how much I was struggling with my eating. And I still, at the time, I didn't really understand weight that much. So I would still talk about that here and there. And my friends would re-up their pitches and say like, hey girl, I really think I could help you. I saw your post where you talked about this specific thing. Let me help you. Or I would have someone, I had someone reach out to me once and say, I love your shakes. Can I have the recipe? And I'd send her the recipe and she'd send me back how many calories were in it. Oh my God. And she's oh my, like, oh. oh my God. That's like yeah. literally the only thing I can think when you, oh my, what? And of course, Roberta, in the front, I'm just like, um, I didn't really ask for that. But behind the scenes, I'm punishing myself for her words. Like I am restricting because she said that. And I am restricting when these people are like, do you really think that like you're doing the best you can? And like, I, I'm a fake it till you make it. Like, I'm going to tell you to leave me alone, but I'm going to go home and like react to those things and cope with those things for food. As much as I was making these huge strides and figuring out what was wrong with me, I had so many setbacks because I had all my friends telling me I was doing it wrong, telling me I was unhealthy and like shaming me constantly for these changes that I had been making. It's absolutely wild. I know that most friends, especially the ones that don't sell things, but most friends are going to have, you know, what they believe to be the best intention for you. But I think what we forget is that we don't always get a hundred percent of what's going on from our friends, even if they're our bestest, bestest, bestie, that we're still not getting a hundred percent. And we don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. And to make comments like that to somebody who's actively trying to make better changes and tell them that they don't know what they're doing and that their way's wrong and that you've got the miracle product or the miracle answer or, oh, can I get your recipe? Oh, did you know there's this many calories to shame you, to make you act a certain way and think a certain way, which is emotional manipulation <laughs> to, to make you feel bad intentionally. So intentionally, so is the problem and worse in a mental disorder. Like, I think that's really where I feel this is so serious is that like eating disorders are a public health crisis. They're hurting our young children, especially women. Um, a lot of people who have an eating disorder, like I do think that weight is the problem. And they, and most people who have it, haven't gotten to this place that I'm at yet, which is no, it's not. And so these Huns were just like, and a lot of my friends who weren't in these MLMs were eating this words up too. And they we're sincerely making my eating disorder and these other people's eating disorders worse. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. 
take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the flow knit high rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. What I started to notice was this pattern of like certain posts would have certain people reacting depending on what the hashtags were. And so some of my friends who had joined these MLMs were really, really trying to push me because they saw me as this great person. And they would say things to me like, Ella, you really are so inspiring and you are so great and people will definitely listen to you. You should sell this product. And I would say like, I don't want to sell a product. Like I don't, I never used it. I'm not looking to make money and I don't really understand how it works. And the advice that my friend had gotten from her coach, this is Beachbody. Beachbody is the number one abuser of me. Okay. That Beachbody was like coming for me personally was to search weight loss tags, weight loss support, weight loss journey, eating disorders, binge eating disorder. Overeaters Anonymous, these tags that are meant to talk about mental disorders, Beachbody, this Beachbody Hun was instructed to search this, find people with eating problems and pitch the program to them because very exclusively, they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea where to start. They are desperate and they could use our help. Oh my fucking God. That is so disgusting, um, even more so than just trolling your Facebook feed and trying to rope your friends in to actively use community hashtags of people who are in active recovery or actively going through things, vulnerable, looking for help, looking for community of people who know, really know what it's like. And these people are using those hashtags to market their pyramid scheme. I started calling it out what it was. I was like, that's predatory. 
that's really predatory and it's really wrong for you to do that. And it was so hard for me to watch these people who I connected with be like, no, I'm helping people. And me say, but you're still struggling, but we're friends. And I know behind the scenes that that's not true. So how can you say you're helping people? Oh, my coach is so successful. Well, okay, your coach is so successful, but it's not working for you. And it was so sad because I'd get to this point where I was just like, I'm done with this person. It doesn't matter how many great conversations we have. It always comes back to this pitch. I'm not going to keep talking to you. In particular, Roberta, and we have to talk about her. And we'll use the code name Kelly, okay? Um, Kelly was someone I connected to early on. Kelly is a Beachbody coach. Kelly wanted me on her team so bad. Kelly wanted me so bad. She reached out to me for years being like, you ready to try the at-home workouts? I can give you a sample. And I had gotten to a point where I was like, hey, Kelly, I know you've reached out a lot about this. I really don't want to do at-home workouts. I can look them up for free on YouTube. So I don't want to spend the money. I find it very successful for myself to run outside or to go to the gym. So no, I'm going to say definitively that I do not want to do this. She started talking about Shakeology and she started talking about my eating disorder. She sent me another message saying like, well, I also noticed that you have an eating problem and that you have an eating disorder. She said, I am specialized at Beachbody to deal with people with eating disorders. What? I think she just made it up. I think that she was just like, I can say whatever I want. I'm a coach. I'm a quote unquote coach. Oh, absolutely. And so I, for lack of return, lost my shit. Okay. And I sent her this like really like intense video saying what you are doing is predatory. You are absolutely not a coach. You have no qualifications for this. And frankly, you don't know me. You don't know anything about me. You don't understand what I'm going through behind the scenes. I have been very clear and I know, and I can see the only thing you want to do is sell me on your product. You are not concerned about me because you don't talk to me. You don't ask about me. And her responses were some of the rudest and most wraparound that it could possibly be. And if it's okay, Roberta, I'd love to play them. I also sent them to you. So if it doesn't work out, you can cut this out. Yeah, let's play those right now. Okay, so here's the first one. So this is her kind of responding to my very direct, like, this is messed up. I don't know you. Stop, like, leave me alone and stop using my things against me. I wanted to like discount what you've been through or where you are in life or how you feel right now and I never wanted to make you feel like shit that's never my intention and I find it really just depends on where the person is in life with how they react to an invite or I didn't mean to be like persistent to a point where like I made you uncomfortable but you did Kelly you were persistent to a point where I made you uncomfortable and I was very responsive to that There were like eight messages. I'm going to highlight a few here or there, and they're each a minute long. So she just talked at me for 10 minutes in my response. But didn't you guys like message back and forth where you said like over a year? How does she not feel that that isn't persistence? I I think it's because she only did it like once every couple of weeks. I don't know. Right. Oh, like you've been through a lot to get to where you are today and you can help other people. And it's not about like, do my program and you can get even better. Like that's was not my intention. I think a lot of what I was inviting was taken out of context. Honestly, I didn't mean to 
say like you're good but you can do way better with me like that's not (laughs) that's not at all what I was trying to do um and we have those programs that deal with food relationships we have programs specific to nutrition that teach you about how to combat your bad relationships with food and start thinking of food in a different way thanks so much Kelly for that tidbit really appreciate your advice Wow. And she was insulted because I had told her, you know what, Kelly, you're right. I do inspire people, but I'm not going to make anyone pay for it. I don't need to make money off of this. I don't need that. I don't like, I, I, I always felt really insulted that her and everybody else would talk about the money because I have a really well paying a job. I have a bachelor's degree. I have health insurance. Like what, what makes you think I need money? I don't. I don't need any money. You're just assuming that about me, which is weird. Uh, we'll keep going with Kelly's response. There's there's a lot of great tidbits that she decides to say to me. The ones that decide to coach and do it with me as their business. Anyone who enrolls with me, I don't make commissions off them because I always give them back that commission. I wish I could give it back to them in like cash, but that's against compliance. So I give it back to them in gift cards as like a congratulations for taking this step. Cause a lot of people, it's their first step and they are not where you are at right now. Um, so it's not really about the money for me, especially with my first clients that enroll. Um, so, I mean, as much as it's like it's part of my job and my business and I make money off it to live just like you go to a restaurant cooks love cooking food but they're not just going to give it all away for free you know what I mean so it's not money but it is to make money like what does that even mean Kelly like it's wild that she says that she doesn't make any money off of people joining because she refunds them what her commission would be that she would have made them off that initial package because she gives it back to them in a gift card so therefore she's not making money that that's not how any of this works Kelly at all no no and i definitely for sure know that you've probably been badgered and pestered by a lot of other people and coaches and maybe that's why you kind of just had a shield up and a bad you know like hate towards me I'm sure there's some hate there but I think maybe because you've been badgered in the past you kind of just took that and was like oh my god here's another girl without actually even hearing me or getting to know what I was off I mean that's like I know you have trauma and I know that I'm triggering it right now, but like, don't project that onto me. (laughs) To you or at all, but a lot of people that do feel insecure or scared or defensive about an invite are usually those people that, that come around and, and need this because maybe they aren't where you are right now. Um, And those that aren't confident don't really feel an attachment or an anger towards an invite that is kind of like, no, I'm good. Thanks. But like where your emotions are so strong, it's like, I feel like you kind of took this like way personally and you're right. I don't know about a lot of the people that I reach out to, but didn't really know about me. And now we're like best friends. We, uh, the narcissistic darvoing that just happened right there 
where she all of a sudden, the person who's been harassing you and insulting you for a year, just flipped the script and became the victim. And you're the one who is hateful and negative toward her. Wow. Roberta, I was listening to this and this is 2019. And I've been talking to Kelly since the beginning. So since like 2017, she was so nice. She constantly pitched to me. I would just politely let her down. I'd gotten to this point where I had spent two years just like always saying no to these people. I had this script of like, leave me alone. I think you are a predator. You are not a coach. This journey is for professionals. It's emotional and it's real. And in that same message, Roberta, she goes, the people who say no to me are the people who need this the most. Yeah, I caught that too. And I'm thinking in my head, I was like, she's going to say that, that those people are the ones that need it the most. And then she did because mm-hmm. it's a script. It's a script. It's a, it's a manipulation script. Mm-hmm. When a, when script A doesn't work, we flip it and we go to script B and then we throw in some insults and we throw in some cliches and, you know, some Hun-isms of like, well, the people that say no are like, obviously the ones that need it the most. We see a congressman saying the same exact thing. Oh, yeah. I wonder where people are learning this behavior. And the thing too, Roberta, is that I got all of these right in a row of each other. So I'm like listening to this outside, but I'm not in the heat of a moment. I'm not responsive on another line going, what is wrong with you? How do you not hear the words coming out of your mouth? You were openly admitting you are a stranger to me and I am a stranger to you. I gave you many polite rejections. I firmly said no. I had to firmly say no again and call you out on this weird behavior. And now this, like, There's two more, and then we can break down how Kelly ended. It was so much fun to get all these messages. To think, like, I could help you, because I can. It might not be with fitness. It might not be with nutrition. It could be a million things with what this opportunity has helped me with. And there's a million coaches out there that will say, this opportunity saved their life. I honestly don't know if I would be here today if I never said yes. Help me with what? what's wrong with me. Tell me what's wrong with me. Oh, it's I have an eating disorder. You are a beach body coach. You sell workout videos. <laughs> also, it's a very bold claim for her to say that one million coaches would say that beach body saved their lives. That's a very bold claim. And I feel like we could start a, an Instagram thread of Beachbody people who did not save our life. There's probably more former Beachbody coaches that said leaving Beachbody saved their life than there are current Beachbody coaches who believe the current program is actually saving their life. And it comes back to this co-opting of mental health language to sell your product of like, saved your life from what? Were you at risk of taking your life? Because that's very serious and a weight loss regimen is not going to help you there. Did it save your life because you were on the brink of a health problem? Because again, that's not a weight loss problem. That's something else. So what do you mean it saved your life? I, I am so frustrated by that specifically of like they co-op mental health language. They co-op this eating disorder language for people who are trying to solve these things like me, a, you know, either college student or fresh out of college student with no health insurance, who was trying to figure out how to do this on my own and was trying to open this up to have people ringer these other words 
it's wrong. It's very wrong. Save your life? Kelly. So I responded to these videos enraged. I know I called her out on all of these things, point by point, explained to her of like, it is very rude of you to call me an angry person for saying no to you. That's not appropriate. I get to say no to you. And again, I have told you a couple times, I'm not interested in working with you. And in these responses, you again pitched to me. So I'm insulted again. And wrapping it all up, you know, I said, you are not qualified to help people with eating disorders. And it is wrong that you are telling people and it is predatory and it is like harmful that you're doing that. So that was essentially my response to her. And then this is like, I mean, this is like the message I got. So many different backgrounds about where they came from and what they do. And it's hard when you haven't taken a lot of time to know somebody, which I mean, sorry that I didn't get to know you first to see where you stand and where you come from, but I know what the binge eating disorder is. I also have mental health problems. I've been on medications. I've had anxiety, and I seek psychologists as well. I'm not trying to play up that, like, oh, yeah, I had a binge eating disorder, too, and I saved it with Beachbody. Like, how, yeah, that helped along with the community and taught me. Kelly, 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 Kelly. Kelly. And Roberta, I'm someone, I'm in law school right now, okay? So I am someone who is organized and direct and will call someone out. But what if I wasn't, right? What if I was really learning the word eating disorder for the first time? And what if I was still in the headspace that like my weight was contributing to these eating problems? And here is this person, she's in the military. So instantly I'm like, oh, she has to be athletic, obviously, like fighting. (laughs) She's thin. That was another thing is that she's thin, thin, naturally thinned body. And I had to be like, girl, you don't know what I've been through. You have never felt the shame and like the bullying that I have. So for you to like, try to relate to me is not fair, but the way she could talk about it, you know, you and I can listen to this and be like, this is weird. But if you don't know, it actually just seems like she's being really kind and helpful. It really makes me sad to think about the number of people who have a mental disorder that are not seeking treatment because they're paying Kelly $200 a month to drink shakes. Right. Then perpetuating the scam saying beach bunny saved my life and you should meet my upline Kelly. She's incredible. The way she was talking about how incredible her upline was like, it's a vicious, vicious cycle. And not every single person is strong enough to see a message and go, wait a second, this seems like a red flag. And then also be confrontational enough to say, not just no, thank you, but, and this is why no, thank you. I tried to be nice a couple of times. You continue to be persistent. And this is why not everybody is like that. I'm not even like that. I'm not confrontational like that. I would say no, thank you. And then probably never respond again, but there are other people out there that, that don't know how to hit that block button or don't know how to say no, or don't know that no is a full and complete sentence. And it's okay to put a period on the end of it and never respond again that's where this perpetuation gets really dangerous because she is out here saying, I'm an expert. I understand binge eating disorders. Then she's throwing around mental health buzzwords. Like I seek psychologists, like anybody who's actually gone through that doesn't say things that way. So nonchalantly. And so like buzzword, buzzword, I understand buzzword. It's just it just reeks of condescension and it just reeks of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. When very, very simply it is broken down into no, Kelly, you actually don't know what you're talking about. Like even a little bit, like even at all. 
Mm -hmm. And I, I can't say this enough, but like the desperation, the desperation to just stop being treated poorly for being fat will drive people to ignore these signs will drive people to engage in these. And we know, Roberta, right? We know that these things don't work. These are restriction diets, which uh, triggers the binge eating everybody, okay? You can't restrict. That's the whole point. And so not only are these people, you know, falling for scams that are going to isolate them from their friends and family and make them lose a lot of money, they're worsening their disorders. I came from that toxic health space. It is its own journey to let go of it and to say, actually what I did was unhealthy and being thinner didn't make me healthy. And yeah, I was eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and that was really good for me. But like, I was restricting so much that I like stopped getting my period. I restricted so much in a diet that clumps of my hair started falling out. Mm -hmm. And I bet you thought you were healthy because you lost two pounds. Yeah. Until I lost two clumps of hair and I was like, okay, I'm (laughs) I'm not doing this anymore. It's just wild. Like the things that we think are okay based on what we know, like, "Mm, well, I guess if I don't want to be fat, I'll just cut out fat and then I won't be fat. And then your hair falls out and you're like, what is happening? And you don't understand because these problems that we have, these issues we have, these, these things that we feel like we need to change for whatever reason, it's usually in your head. So start there, but whatever it is, like we are seeking one size fits all solutions to multifaceted sized questions. You cannot ask a you know, what's your favorite place in the entire world? And the answer is not yes or no. Like it is open-ended and we cannot slap one size fits all answers onto people because that's where the problem is. We are not all the same. We need to stop acting like we're all the same in that context. That's really beautifully said. I like that example of you can't ask an open-ended question and have a yes or no. It's a very appropriate way to talk about what these kind of journeys look like. I really like that. That stuck with me. I'm going to carry that one. Once I had become this like, and again, I didn't know the word MLM. I didn't know that that's what it was. I didn't really know this was a pyramid scheme. I just thought this was a bunch of people who were like selling a product I just didn't want. It became for me, like, especially Beachbody, like me just constantly talking. And I sent you some videos of me on my Instagram story being like, if you are in Beachbody, do not talk to me. Do not send me a message. I am not interested. I don't want your products. It switched from like my personal rejection to feeling like I needed to protect my followers who were there to talk about eating disorders. And I would make these posts. And a lot of my posts were about eating and like this really honest openness of the shame and the discomfort of having eating control problems. And also this newfound, like trying to find my body confidence of like, I had loose skin, right? Really common question when you have loose skin is people wanted to know, like, would you get rid of it? And I would say, no, that's a cosmetic surgery. That is a cosmetic surgery for me, at least some people, it's something else, but for me, it would have been cosmetic. And I said, my goal was to be healthy and I'm healthy today. So if this is what my healthy body looks like, this is what it looks like. And so when people would comment on my posts and be like, okay, but how did you get to that place? Or how did you deal with eating? Huns would go into the comments and then try to solicit my followers. And I spent a lot of time and Roberta, I think that's the thing that drove me crazy was the time dedication to say no to these people and to protect the people around me who are in this space from the, from Huns as well. 
It's wild that you then started to experience it on, on the creator side of those comments, of those comments showing up because the Huns are using those hashtags to now find your posts and to try to spread misinformation in the comment section of your followers asking you legitimate questions. And they're like, I've got the secret potion message me for details. Yes. Constantly. Or somebody trying, I had a girl recruiting in my comments one time Mm -hmm. and I called her out on it. And she was like, no, I'm not. And I was like, yes, you are. Like, it's wild. Stay out of the comment section. <laughs> like, just stop recruiting people for pyramid schemes, I think is the ultimate goal here. <laughs> it works. Loved my loose skin. Oh, God. It works. Loved it. It works. Wanted it so bad. They wanted me their product so bad. And again, a lot of people like I, for, you know, and I, I, I remember that mindset in myself. So a lot of people were like really obsessed with a specific piece of my body. And I got a lot of questions about it. And I got a lot of it works on being like, girl, you don't even need surgery. You just need seaweed wraps. <laughs> you just need our crazy wrap thing. Ask me about it in a DM. <laughs> so you got the beach body huns, you got the it works huns. What were some of the other MLM huns that came calling for you? Arvon uh, Modair, right? I bought the beach blaster, body blaster or whatever. Like I said, at this point in the journey, I'm just like this huge advocate about like avoid these companies, avoid them for this reason. And for me personally saying, this has been one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. I am not an expert and these people are definitely not experts. And at the end of the day, my advice will always be free. I will not make you pay to feel good about yourself. And I will not make you pay to ask me questions here and there. Being somebody who suffered with an undiagnosed eating disorder caused so much trauma in my life. Why would I make someone pay to just talk to me about it? Especially because I have this entire page where that's all I do. And I'm openly processing and I'll process this with you it became this like truly feeling insulted by these individuals who are claiming they're going to help people and then making people pay for it. And what I saw my friends and these, my followers do is they just did so much bargaining because again, they didn't restrict their body so intensely that they had like horrible outcomes and maybe their weight loss they were attempting wasn't possible with their body, or maybe it was slow right? They wanted what I had so bad that it didn't matter if you lost clumps of your hair and it didn't matter if you spent $300 and it didn't matter if you didn't eat all day. Like what mattered was no matter what to lose weight. And it, it really taught me like as much as this experience was just like two and a half years of nonstop harassment and like bullying and instead of having this wonderful support community that I looked for, I had this like, this like war that I was constantly in, but it really, really taught me and helped me get to that next phase of like, it's not about the weight. It's not about the weight and it can't be, and it can't be because you'll never heal from the eating. And I would rather weigh way more than I do now. I'd rather be in the body that I had before, as long as I didn't obsess about food because that's what tortured me. It was thinking about food all day long. And it was thinking about the calories all day long, having that cookie and then crying in the car because I had that cookie that I needed to end. 
It didn't matter the body. It just mattered that the the shame would go around way around eating. And it's so much of this like feeding into the stereotype that hurt me for so long because what I've learned, Roberta, is that my eating disorder was created because I was fat. Yes, it was worsened. It was worsened because I, I, I really did for a long time have an overconsumption problem. But I was just a normal chubby kid. And I was a normal chubby kid who was told I was going to die if I could not get that under control. So since I was a child, I had this mindset that I needed to be thin. These Huns and most of the people in the world look at fat people and say, well, they're just eating McDonald's every day. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And it's crazy cognitive dissonance because we all know fat people, most of us are fat. We just eat normal food. And we all know thin-bodied people who eat McDonald's every day. And we pretend, we can know that. And yet we still pretend that every fat person we look at needs our help. And for these motherfuckers to be specifically targeting people who are in fat bodies and saying, you need my help is so insulting. And this is where the journey comes to an end, Roberta. I think it was like the beginning or the middle of 2020. And I had really, really learned about the impact of fat and your health. And spoiler alert, everybody, it's not really that bad. It's just not. It's not. Fat is sometimes- and necessary. It's necessary. Dude, okay. So first off, fat is sometimes a symptom of, of serious health issues. Symptom, not a cause and not a cure. However, it is healthier to be fatter. You can be- I don't like the word overweight, right? But you can be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 pounds overweight, and you are healthier than somebody who is five pounds underweight. Your body starts to shut down. Older people in your elderly age, if you have weight on your body, it's good. Because if you fall, you got some impact, right? It, It is better for your body to carry weight than to be very thin. And as someone right now who exercises regularly, I mean, I'm straight sized. I don't want to, you know, but like there are fat people who exercise and it's still going on. It goes on everywhere, but it's so frustrating because it's a giant public misinformation campaign that is hurting people with eating disorders and worsening them by fat shaming them, which like causes you to have an eating disorder. There are people in every size body who are healthy and unhealthy. You cannot look at somebody and say, you're a size this, therefore you are this. 
it is not inherent. It is not one size fits all. It's wild to me that we still have this stigma around different sized bodies. And you mentioned McDonald's and I hear that all the time. And there are people like, "Mm, like, you should eat McDonald's all the time. And it's like, no, but here's the thing. (laughs) I had another friend that told me he was like, you're a secret closet McDonald's lover. And I was like, I'm coming out of the closet right now. (laughs) I'm not a closeted McDonald's. I love McDonald's. And also the app. Every time the Padres win, it's free French fries. Like, so go Padres. It's funny too, where it's like, this company is so bad for you. Then attack McDonald's personally. Like, leave me alone. Like, if you really think McDonald's is so bad, why are you coming after me? Go after McDonald's. And it comes back to this big point, Roberta, where like weight loss is racist because not all bodies are meant to be thin, period. It is like classist because who are the people who traditionally eat McDonald's or processed food? People who cannot afford something otherwise. And MLMs exploit this even further of like, you actually do have to be a certain income level in order to join an MLM, which is why you see so many, it's, you know, not for all MLMs, but like Beachbody, like white girls doing it, right? European centric white girls who can starve themselves like I did for nine months and get a thin body. But there are people with anorexia nervosa who will never, no matter how much they restrict, have a thin body. So all we're doing is giving people a solution that is statistically, right? You talk about this on your podcast all the time. MLMs are statistically meant to fail. Well, so are diets. Everyone listening, 95% of people, I don't know if that's exactly right, somewhere in there, will fail their diet. So you should know going in, you're probably going to fail and it's actually meant for you to fail. Every single person has a diet. You and I have a diet. It is how often you eat, what foods you're eating, and how much food you eat. And it is perfectly normal to change your diet, to say, you know what, I actually do eat a lot of McDonald's. I know, you know, and nothing to do with weight. I know it's better if I eat vegetables. So I am going to change my diet, slowly alternate it so that there's just more vegetables involved. Because the idea that you would short-term go on a diet, right? That's short-term restriction. Diets are restriction. And when you view it like that, when in reality, we actually all have diets. Everyone does. That's an excellent point. And again, with the restriction, like even when I had friends who had health issues and they were changing things again, I'm like, is this a long-term solution forever? Like, is this what you're going to be doing forever? Or is this a short term? Like, I agree with you. I don't think anything restrictive is ever, ever, ever going to be a positive because you can't have highs without lows, right? So you restrict and you're going to have to eventually binge again. That cycle is vicious. I've been in it many times, just things I didn't even think of. Yeah. And it is okay to eat less. You can say, I'd like to eat less, but you're not going on a diet. You are just choosing to eat less. And it's really separating from those words that have like triggered us, especially fat people to like be ashamed about our fat that we just want to move away from. I hate calories. I hate them. I've listened to some really great podcasts. I'll share with you, Roberta, about how calories like aren't real. The science behind them is bad. And that's what we've discovered. It's recent, right? Like it was the best tool that we had for a long time, but it is no longer like that. I'm going to give you the quick facts of calories, right? They tell you 2000 calories a day. The way they came up with that number, Roberta, is they had self-reported data, self-reported. So they just called up people of what ethnicities, of which countries, I don't know. And they asked them, how many calories do you think you eat in a day? 
And people would just guess. And some people would say less because you're fat and you don't want to admit. And you'd be like, I eat a thousand calories. And some people would be like, I eat 5,000 calories. And they took this self-reported data and they just picked the number in the middle. And that is why you are recommended to eat 2,000 calories a day. Wow. <laughs> what a bomb, right? Aren't you like, whoa, I, I thought, but I thought, and I thought, nope. And also I can eat an apple and you can eat an apple and I can get a hundred calories from the apple and you can get 75 because our bodies process the apple differently. When my weight loss page turned into this space and I, I started saying this, I didn't finish it, but in 2020, I got to the space where I said, I'm not going to post side-by-side photos anymore because I do not want people to look at my fat body and see it as unhealthy because what I have learned is that that wasn't the part that was making me unhealthy. And yes, I was at a weight that I think I quote unquote naturally would not be at had I not had this overconsumption problem, but I wasn't disgusting. I shouldn't have felt ashamed and I'm not posting these side-by-sides anymore. I'm not using these weight loss hashtags. I'm going to talk about being an addict. I'm going to talk about having a mental disorder. And you know, I'm in this straight size body now, which is a privilege because I don't deal with fat shaming anymore as a result of that. And guess who never gets hun messages anymore? Never. No one talks to me anymore because I'm not desperate to lose weight. If you come to my page, you're not going to see that. It's not going to, as soon as I stopped being desperate, I stopped getting messages. And it was at that point after having these three years, it was such an active part of my life to handle and manage these people and then like discover the names of the companies and then have a lot of these one-on-one conversations where I was like, who are you and why are you pitching to me? And how can you call yourself a coach? I have been doing this for years and I would never call myself a coach. And no, I'm not interested in being one because I've been doing this for years and every year I realize I did it wrong. So I'm not qualified to do this. Like once I got into this space is when I learned the word MLM is when I was like, oh, these are pyramid schemes on top of it all. It was like the next level. That's how I found your podcast, like other YouTubers. It was like this like hilarious unraveling. I mean, it's not hilarious. It's really tragic and sad. And I, the stories make me very sad to listen to, but To learn on top that these like weight loss bullies and people who are actively lying and saying they can help eating disorders, which is like a crime, (laughs) also are in a pyramid scheme, I was like mind blown. And it kind of, it really inspired the anti-MLM enemy. I talk about it all the time. I talk about it less on my page. Mostly, like I said, I'm not getting five messages a day. In 2017, and I was going to send you all the screenshots of Brota, but I saved you. From like the time I started my health journey to the next one, I made a folder called Leave Me the Fuck Alone. (laughs) And there are like 75 to 85 Hun messages, all different Huns, all pitching to me. And it's interesting to see me go from being like, I don't know if I'm interested in something like that. I like the outdoor workouts to being like the one I sent you of like, you are not a coach. This is not appropriate. You are harming people. I'll have to share some of those in the show notes um, on Instagram. So people can, can swipe and see some of your passionate messages because I was like, dang girl. Okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me the F alone. <laughs> 
And I love that though, not an anti-MLM creator, you are a creator who is anti-MLM. I love that the anti-MLM message is spreading and that people in other creator spaces are, are hearing it and are adding that into their education as well, because it's then leading more people to go, what's an MLM and go, Oh, like Mary Kay. Oh, like direct sales. Oh, like social networking. You're like, yes, all of this, all this network, okay. social network marketing, all of it. Yes. It's all the same thing. They come at it from so many different names, but it's all the same thing. And so having so many other creators who understand that concept and are able to sort of gently educate and then push in the right direction is chef's kiss. I love it. So thank you for being anti-MLM in your creator space as well. Yeah, of course. And I see things, I don't know if they're MLMs or new ones or similar, but I mentioned it in the beginning, like sponsorships, right? So sometimes MLMs would pitch themselves to being sponsored. You're not. Um, And I actually noticed like a lot of like weight loss clothing brands would be like, oh, if you become a brand ambassador, you can get 10% off the products you buy to promote them for free for us. And I was like, that's not real. And then I created a dog Instagram for my dog who is so cute. And people would be like, we want your dog to be a model for us. Just sign up for $50 and then you get 20% off of the dog products and you advertise for us for free. And then you get to call yourself a dog model. And I'm like, this shit is everywhere. It's in my weight loss. It's in my personal life. It's literally coming for my dog. So that is a really great point because as somebody who does work with brands and gets brand sponsorships and has an ad agency and things like that, like they come to me uh, in a very professional way. That's like, Hey, Roberta, this is who we are. Here's the deal. I've never had to pay for a single anything. All of these brands have said, we really want personal experience and then send me a massive box of things. Okay. So if you are in this space and you are starting out and you're wanting to do this sort of thing, be very weary of anybody who's like, if you pay us $50, you can be a brand ambassador. No, no, that is not legitimate. You should not be paying anything. They should be happy to work with you. They should be giving you product for free to try. And they should be either giving you a flat posting fee or there's going to be some sort of affiliate where when people purchase based on your stuff, you will get a percentage. And they're usually pretty high percentages. It's not like you'll get 10%. It's it's pretty legit. Like you'll get $15 every time someone does this. Like they're pretty legit. So I know that's kind of a tangent, but that is that is what a real thing looks like. Do not pay for a discount. That is not a discount. No, but like that's important information for people to know, Roberta, because Hunts think they're becoming influencers. And who doesn't want what you have? I mean, I know you've worked really hard, but like if you don't know the process and you see all these other people and you want that and like, Roberta, it felt so good to be admired. It felt so good that people were proud of me. It felt so good that people wanted to be like me. And like, I did consider for a while, like, do I want to be a coach, but my own coach, I never wanted to join a company. Do I want to do this professionally? Like, can I have an impact on people? I see people with these sponsorships and like, it's just like anything else where you don't see the work that's put in behind it. You don't see the free labor that you gave for so long until you gained legitimacy on your own. And it's important to know that like, you can't, you're not, you actually aren't just going to post and have a bunch of hashtags and 
to your friends and family and randomly get sponsorships. Yeah, it's a process. It's it's a long process. And you know, if if that is something that people want to go down the route, there's there is definitely the right way and the wrong way to do it. Um and if people ever have questions, they can always reach out. But uh yeah. Um I am all about uh and here's the other difference with monetization. Um when I monetize, it doesn't cost you guys anything. It's an it's an ad. You listen to a two-minute ad or whatever, you go on, it doesn't cost you anything. I'm not saying to finish listening to this, please insert payment. You know what I mean? Like, so you don't have to buy my shake to listen to my content. You don't have to buy whatever it is that the ads are promoting if you don't want to. Um, and I handpick as many of the ads as I possibly can, because I know that there are things that you guys have looked for mm -hmm. in, in the MLM space. Like, have you found something that is not this in in a legit product. So I'm even doing that work too, that nobody sees um, as well. So there's, there's a lot of work that goes behind it. I'm not just been like, yeah, slap an ad on there. Like there's a lot of behind the scenes that goes on in producing a full length show like this every week. <laughs> So thank you. Thank you very much for understanding that. And thank you guys for being here and listening to all the ads. I really appreciate it too. <laughs> okay. So before we wrap up, Ella, as somebody who has been in and out of this eating disordered space and has been targeted uh, and has really done the work, can you leave us with some bits of wisdom from your journey? Absolutely. I will start off by reminding anyone that if you are struggling with food control, there is something wrong. Most people have a normal relationship with food, which means they don't really think about what they're eating. They just eat. So if you're finding yourself in this headspace where you're not having control and you have control in other aspects of your life, right? You went to college, you are a good parent, but for whatever reason, food is the thing that you cannot get control over. You might be suffering from an eating disorder or disordered eating thoughts. In order to work on these thoughts, it actually has nothing to do with nutrition. A nutritionist cannot cure your binge eating disorder. It has nothing to do with weight because weight gain or loss does not cause nor cure eating disorders. It is a mental disorder. It is a coping mechanism. And it is actually really hard to find resources for these things. Space for this is like relatively new. It helped me personally to view myself as an addict and view myself who had a coping mechanism. I worked really hard to identify triggers. And these triggers are sometimes like a buffet, but sometimes they were like, if someone cancels plans on me, even if it's well-intended, I'm going to eat about it. And so if I know that's a trigger of mine and someone cancels plans on me, I can be ahead of it by being like, okay, I feel really anxious. I feel really anxious. And what I want to do right away is eat, but I'm going to work on that. And I did a lot of journaling that was really helpful for me. I tried to find and redirect coping mechanisms, right? That included like taking on crafts, right? You got to do something with your hands and do something with your brain, simply taking a shower, calling a friend on the phone, right? If you want support, find someone, find someone who you're like, can I just call you when I need that anxiety to pass? Because that anxiety that you're having, that that part of your brain that's saying, eat, 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 will pass. We know that. But can you, you know, it takes a while to like redirect that anxiety. I also take medication. 
I have a, I've dealt with this my whole life. So I, I don't think it's necessary for everyone, but I take a medication called Vyvanse. It is the only medication that is um, approved to help with binge eating disorder. It is not a solution. It is a tool. That's how I would describe it. It is a tool. I take a very low dose and essentially what it does, it's also used for ADHD and things like that. And it helps me focus. So it kind of helps alleviate that thing in the back of my brain. And the last thing would be, and this Roberta is the hardest thing. And anyone who's listening, I am still struggling with this. So I'm going to, I got to practice what I preach. You got to let go of how much you weigh. You have to, it takes a lot. And it's really easy for people who look at me and say, well, that's easy for you to say, Now you're in this thin looking body and people don't treat you like that. And you're right. You're fucking right. It is actually easier for me than it is for somebody else now. But if you make the journey about the weight, you will not recover about the eating disorder because again, the weight will not cure the eating. However, if you do change your diet, you have to go on a diet, but you're like, actually, I have this compulsive eating issue. As you compulsively eat less or change the foods you're eating, as you introduce exercise to your comfort level, our ability, right? Exercise is kind of ableist because not everybody has the ability to exercise. You will lose some weight. That's just natural. You will lose some weight. You may not weigh 123 pounds. Like I really desperately wanted to weigh and did, and then don't anymore, (laughs) but you will, like we said earlier, escape those thoughts and it really escape those thoughts. And then, I mean, more than anything else, like if you need help with a mental disorder, you need to speak to a mental professional. That's, that's it. At the end of the day, you would not go to Instagram to try to cure like depression and you would not go to a nutritionist to try to cure depression, seek mental disorder help. This was a step in my journey. I didn't go through the whole thing. I joined a group called Overeaters Anonymous. They are free. They have online groups. Most major cities have people who meet in person. It's a 12-step program, which isn't really my thing. And some of the groups were with some others. It's not perfect, but you have a community of people who are going through what you're going through. So if you are looking for that community aspect, you can get that there. And it doesn't cost any money. Um, I think those are my big tidbits on how to work on eating disorder and get those resources without being in an MLM. I love it. I thank you so much. I think that is incredibly valuable. There's a lot you can do on your own, but at the end of the day, seeking professional help from qualified, certified people who know what they're doing is going to be very helpful for you if that's what you need. So thank you so much for that advice. Ella, are you ready to answer some rapid fire questions? Yeah, I am. So what is one word that encompasses how you feel about MLMs? Predatory. Predatory. What is a warning that you would give to somebody who wants to join one? Oh God, I know what the questions are. And here I am not knowing what the answer is. They're out for your money. They're out for your money. They're not there to help you. They're just out for your money. And um, anybody who makes you pay for something, you should be skeptical about it, right? If there is money involved, we should put our guard up and just double check. We are in this capitalist society. Someone's trying to sell you something left and right. Just like you walk by that like person in the mall who's trying to give you conditioner samples. You should do that too with MLMs. They want your money. You should be skeptical. Absolutely. Don't take the conditioner samples either. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but what is the worst MLM in your opinion? Okay. You think I'd say Beachbody because I went through two years of like 
it's hundreds of beach body huns, but I do think Amway is the most after like learning about MLMs and like really getting into the space that is clearly the most like both politically and like dangerous one. And it seems to really hurt people. And the fact that they're not online makes it even more cults and less like innocent pyramid scheme. You genuinely didn't intend to join. So I have to say Amway for sure. What is the hardest lesson that you learned from getting all of these messages from Huns? Oh, the hardest lesson I learned. I think it was the lesson of like being confident. I mean, it's a positive. I think I learned a good lesson, which is like, these people weren't trying to help me. And maybe they thought they were. I think it was this, I don't know. It's such a hard question. Like the hardest lesson I learned was to like trust myself and to be comfortable with myself and to not be desperate. And that's so hard because I just understand the desperation, but like I was desperate and you make impulsive, bad decisions when you're in that mindset. And I've grown a lot, right? I went from my young twenties to my mid twenties and there's a lot of growth you make in between that space. But like, I don't make decisions when I feel desperate. I don't make decisions when I feel vulnerable. I know that those are not good headspaces for me to do that. That's excellent advice. And even more positive takeaway from your experience. (laughs) Just like really standing up for myself and like holding my ground and like not being afraid to like call someone out and not being afraid to go against the grain. Because Roberta, there might be people, because I was this person who listened to this podcast, they're like, F that girl for saying I might be fat my whole life. She's wrong. I can lose the weight. And that's hard. That's really, really hard to get past. And it was a hard journey for me. And I, you have to take the journey. You can't just wake up when you could, but like, it's hard. So I think that's like the positive thing that I really got out of it is like standing up for myself in a way that like, no, most people don't agree with me. Right. And, but I, you know, I held my ground and now I'm in this like really healthy and really healed headspace. I absolutely love it. And I'm so thankful that you messaged me because I really wanted to dive into this topic even more. So thank you for being here on the show. I know that there's a lot of people that are going to message me and go, oh my gosh, Ella's episode. So I can't wait for those emails. And thank you again, Ella, for coming and being so open and candid and vulnerable with us today. You're welcome. If anybody wants to follow me online, I know you do that sometimes. My page is currently private because I'm in law school. And so I'm trying to be like, private, but you can follow or request me and I'll accept. I, I've transitioned a lot into talking about coming out of abusive relationships. So just a warning if that's something you're struggling with, but you can scroll down and you'll see what I've talked about in the past. And I, I, I still talk about my food relationships. So it's just my first and last name. I will throw that in the show notes for anybody that wants to follow along on your journeys. Um, and thank you again so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans.